Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to 100 Foot Jesus. This is Matt Hafer, your host. Today, we're going to talk about a, um, we're going to have a short audio clip, about two minutes here in a second or so, um, from a pastor named Alan Clark that went pretty viral during our hiatus of about nine months when we weren't uh, recording, posting, and all that kind of thing. Um, it's it's a it's a semi-famous quote that you probably forgot because the way the news ebbs and flows, man, you you probably forget this happened. Some of you guys maybe never did. Um, but before we get there, I'm going to have a disclaimer. Um, he says some pretty extreme stuff that are plumb ridiculous. But also, uh, there I want to kind of diagnose what he says and um, how to prevent from saying stuff like this and all things considered. So he has what's called a preaching fail. Uh, preaching fails happen in a few different forms, one of which would be that you slip up and say something ridiculous. You know, sometimes you're pronouncing like the name of a tribe or a, or a name in a genealogy and you accidentally say a dirty word. It's happened to me. Um, it's If you're a pastor that's preached, you probably have done it too. Or um, other times it happens where you accidentally say some really bad theology that you didn't even mean. I had one Sunday, it was about 10 years ago, where I was preaching and I and I made a theological statement because I was just kind of got in a groove of speaking, which I do repent of, by the way. And I said something pretty um, borderline, maybe all the way heretical. And someone said, hey, did you mean that? I was like, no. And then we looked it up. Yeah. I said that. I just got really into the context of the text and I just inferred things that are not true. So I apologized to my church uh, the following week and said I didn't mean it that way. What I actually meant was, because I think you should do that. But anyway, this this guy here, um, you're going to listen to a little bit of, of his uh, sermon here. It's just a soundbite, not the full sermon. So some of you would be like, hey, what the, you, I need the whole context. You actually don't. And I'm going to show you why here in a second. So without further ado, um, here is the clip. And uh, again, I apologize for almost everything this guy has to say. And, and ladies here, here's the thing you need to know about men. Don't give him a reason to be like this distracted boyfriend. You hear me? Don't give him a reason to be looking around. Hello? So, Okay. Why is it so many times that women, after they get married, let themselves go? Why is it? Why do they do that? Now look, I'm not saying every woman can be the epic, the epic trophy wife of all time, like Melania Trump. I'm not saying that at all. Now, most women can't be trophy wives, but you, you know, like her, maybe you're maybe a participation trophy. I don't know, but all I can say is, not everybody looks like that. Amen. Not everybody looks like that. But, but you don't need to look like a butch either. But you say, how can I do that? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that question. I'm so glad you asked that question because you're in my office, you and your husband, and we're talking about your marriage, and uh, you've asked me this question about what can I do about that. All right, if you were sitting in my office, here's the first thing I'd say to you, and boy, I hate to say that, this is why I don't do marital counseling anymore, and that is weight control. So how important is this? Let me tell you something. I have a friend. He has put a divorce weight on his wife. That's how important this is. 
You know, makeup. Makeup is, is a good thing. You know, one little boy said to another boy, why, why do girls wear makeup and perfume? He said, because uh, they, they're ugly and they stink. You don't want to be ugly and stink. Scientists have discovered, by the way, a food that diminishes a woman's sex drive. It's called wedding cake. <laughs> yeah. Again, I apologize for Mr. Alan Clark. Uh, so... <laughs> Okay, so a little bit to unpack there. Um, he, he says not every woman can look like Melania Trump. I know that triggered a few of you because it gave that word Trump. Um, we're not talking about that on here. Uh, but also he talks about what women should do and they shouldn't let themselves go. He talks about a buddy of his who has a weight contract on his wife and... He talks about makeup, and he talks about all of those things. For some of you hearing that, you probably aren't even that shocked. You probably, you may be from a more southern church. I did my internship at a very southern church when I was in college, and, you know, the the preacher just cracks wise, man. He makes some jokes, and you you hear what he has to say, and you're like, oh, gosh. You kind of cringe. You look at your friends. You look at your wife. You look at your husband, and you're like, well, he's just making jokes. So what things are wrong with what we, ha- what we had there? Okay, uh, let, me, let me speak to the, the preachers among us, because we have several preachers who listen to this and pastors. Um, okay, question for you guys. What text could he possibly be teaching on there? As in the Bible. You may say he's talking on, you know, First Peter, when he talks about women being adorned with jewelry. Obviously, we understand the context of First Peter when he talks about women adorned with jewelry. You guys can Google it, look it up. But when he says that, we, we obviously understand that he's talking about how your value as a woman, as a person, should not be in your nice clothes and makeup and jewelry and things like that. It should be in the fact that you love Jesus. Like, but is he talking about that? Maybe is he going out of context with that? Well, maybe. But we have no idea. In that two-minute clip, we're not really sure what text to be possibly speaking on. Because he's going very out of the norm. He's doing what we call being extra biblical. Extra biblical is I take my worldview and I lump it on top of Christianity. I use the Bible to endorse what I'm talking about. Um, Extra biblical, guys, is a very dangerous game we like to play in the church. For instance, does your church's social media platform post quotes from your preacher guy or preacher gal after the sermon or during the week? And are they like, they may be well-meaning quotes and they may be nice, but are they the Bible? Like your, your pastor has a really good phrase, you know, that you really want to put in there. And this is like, boom, cited for Pastor Timmy or whatever. Well, a lot of times those quotes are extra biblical. It's like, in your relationships, you need to be dot, 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 dot. The question is, sir, as you said that, where did you get your psychology degree? Where did you get your counseling degree? You didn't. So is it your life experience? Okay, cool. That's fine. Like, that's good advice. But can it be found in scripture? I have a really good friend of mine, Craig, who says like, that's a good point. Now use it. Now, now use the Bible to defend it. 
And when you can't, then you can't say it's from God. You can't say it's a real biblical teaching. Um, one of my favorite pastors' name is um, Matt Chandler. He's probably my favorite pastor I don't know. And he's not my pastor or anything like that. It's just, you know, when I do set up around church and stuff like that, I throw the headphones on. I listen to the latest Village Church sermon. That's what I do. And when he shares his extra biblical point of views, I like what he does as a preacher. And, and, and other pastors learn from this. This is really good. Maybe suggest it to your person. Who, who preaches at your church, he, he says, he, sa- he puts his Bible on the, the podium and he walks away and he says, okay, this is Matt talking, meaning him, not me. This is Matt talking. That's the Bible. Here's what I think about this. I've had to do that a few times when I have a more, you know, very opinionated stance on a scripture. Like, here's what I think is happening here, but I don't know it. So you just say it. The problem with extra biblical is obviously some people, without you knowing it, will create a doctrine based upon your opinions, your thoughts. This, this, uh, this pastor here, what, what was he doing in this clip? He was taking his jokey thoughts on it. Also, let's come up with another, let, let's, let's roll out another issue with when sharing this opinion that he did. Um, the things he said are not necessarily from God. Weight management is, I would, th- I would say, because gluttony is a problem and taking care of your body is a problem. But the rest of the things he's saying are not. They're, they're not of God. They're not of scripture. They're of this Allen guy. But again, when, when you preach, when you teach with authority, people will hear that and think, well, that must be what God thinks. But a lot of times it's not. Also, um, if you look up the YouTube clip of this, which is really easy to find, by the way, I may be, I, I, if, if you ask me, I can give it to you, but you can find it easily. Here's the problem with this too. Um, he's an overweight gentleman himself. So he's telling women, hey, don't gain any weight or you won't be attractive as he's an overweight gentleman. Now, I'm not judging his weight. Guys, I'm not in the shape I should be myself. However, what are you doing? It's kind of like um, when Jesus says, do not judge or you in the same well way will be judged. We see that play out in our own life, don't we? Like I once sat with a church person, I kid you not, a church member that, that was whispering to me and says, it says, yeah, no one wants to hang out with that guy. I was like, oh, really? He goes, yeah, nobody wants to be around them because they are such a gossip. I was like, uh, <laughs> wait a minute, because when you judge, you're going to be judged by the same measure. That's how it works. Like, imagine you're on a, a running team and you finish second to last. And as soon as you finish, you look at the person who finished, you know, re- like not even a second behind you that was last. And you say, man, that guy's slow. Well, the way you judge, you're going to be judged. So this pastor also is judging and he's throwing out the way he'll be judged. I open myself up for that because I have a humongous library of sermons I have that's available online as well. Not just on this podcast, but on YouTube, Facebook, all that kind of stuff. So you could hear this from me and now you could go into the archives if you had time or desire, which you probably have neither, and go in and say, but dude, there's times you took scripture out of context and went extra biblical and you probably are right. I may not have done it on purpose, but I probably did it because the way I'm judging this feller is the way you'll judge me as well. A lot has come from that. A lot of big things have come from that. Um, Again, the rise and fall of Mars Hill podcast, which had its second to last episode this week, which by the way, guys, 
was a horror show. If you haven't heard the second to last episode, it's like episode 11 called The Tempest. But in that, what happens is Mark Driscoll and the leadership around the church of Mars Hill, they took a lot of things as very extra biblical, opinionated, and they said, this is what things should be like. This is what things should be like. A lot of times it was because that was the leaning they had. Like if, if your pet project is women shouldn't be doing anything ministry-wise, you may be getting that from the Bible, but also you kind of have an issue with women. I mean, it's pretty clear. I, I've called a brother in Christ out on that before, and we had a good season of repentance because of that, because he was just so staunch on, well, if they, women, 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 I'm like, dude, but what, what do you have against women? And we talked about it. It wasn't just the, the scripture in Second Peter. It wasn't that. It, I mean, sorry, Second Timothy, my bad, my bad for the reference on there. I, I know I will get called out on that, and I deserve it. Um, but it was just, he kind of had issue with women. Like, in the essence, if Scripture was for or against, he was against. Your thoughts on homosexuality. You, whether some, some of us, whether we're, we believe that Scripture is for or against the act of homosexuality, you already are against it or you're already all for it before you even dive in. So your stance isn't found in the Bible. Your stance is found in life experience and things like that. And These are extra-biblical things, and this is what this gentleman I guess he's a gentleman, is, um, is saying when he's throwing out these crazy opinions and things like that. There's so many more things like that. This guy's a pastor, a teacher of his flock, and he says, that's why I can't do marriage counseling anymore. Really? Like, you can't sit with a couple, a couple that's planning on, on pledging their life in marriage, which is a humongous biblically mandated thing, and say, I can't do that anymore. Why? Because I'm rude. Well, my man, like, Yes, you can. The thing about 100 Foot Jesus podcast is, guys, I am from a regular sized church. I am not a big name. I will not be a big name by both on um, ability or lack thereof and um, by platform or lack thereof and um, desire because I don't want to be a big name. I don't want to. I don't want to be on Preachers and Sneakers for my uh, $25 Kung Fu shoes I'm wearing right now, which, by the way, I have. And if you're personal friends with me, you know how awesome these things are. But so I, so I know I will never have the platform to be judged by the things I say online. I know that. But when these things pop up, it's really important for us to discuss, for us to venture into these things and say, why did this happen? How can we prevent it? So when you hear sermon bites like this that offend you as a man, a woman, a Christian, a human being, and, and you hear these things, what your, your first reaction should be, well, how the heck do we prevent this? And this is really simple. Stick to the text. Expository preaching wins. You can say it doesn't because you think it's boring, but you have to get your information from a sermon from the text. You have to. You have nothing else, guys girls. You have nothing else. You have to get it from the text. You have to take the scripture you're teaching on and bring out the context, bring out the life application, bring out the meaning, and give it to people there. And if you think you have something better to say than God does, then you're in the wrong business. You should be in public speaking in some sort of marketing firm or motivational speaking because preaching is not constantly your opinion and your lean. That's not how it works. And if you think it does, you need a new line of work because this ain't it. So, I hope you guys have a really good day. Um, I know this is a heavy thing, man. 
this was an episode that was originally recorded and then deleted during the hiatus because I thought, I got to respond to this because, man, people are asking me about what my thoughts are on this kind of thing, and I'd share it. So that's today's 100-foot Jesus. Um, it may spark conversation in you. It may, it may spark offense. You may hear all of this and disagree with me and say, that guy has a good idea. That guy's right. And if you think that, grow up. Anyway, uh, but thank you, everybody, and I hope you have an awesome week.